This episode of The Bryantland Show is brought to you by OnX Hunt. I told y'all last week that August is my favorite month. Well, now we are one week closer to my birthday, Bryantland Day, and the start of deer season. Speaking of deer season, I went out and I grabbed a deer hunter for my guest this week, Ryan Taylor from Whitetail Thrive. It's not every day that I get to talk to a truck driver while he's sitting in his truck waiting to make a delivery. But that's what happens here on the Bryantland Show. Now hit my music. Stone Mountain, Georgia. This is the Bryant Land Show. Hosted by Proud Gamecock and South Carolinian AB3. You know, the thing that really makes this show go and people don't, or I should say I don't give enough credit, is the extremes that my guests go through in order to record this man has been on the road for about a month we've been trying to put this together and finally sitting waiting to drop his delivery in shreveport louisiana ryan taylor from white tail thrive has the time to sit down with your boy ab3 ryan what's happening man thank you for doing this i know it's not under the most uh what is perfect circumstances, but man, I just appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me. How are you, brother? Man, I'm doing good, man. I look, I hey, I appreciate you reaching out to me, man. And and like you said, we've been trying to connect on it for a minute and it's just we've been missing each other, man, and it's just been, you know, a lot going on. But that's what life is a lot of times and you just gotta make do with what you got and we here now, so that's right. That's what. That's right. That's what's up, man. Because it's interesting to me. I think it'll be interesting to my listeners. Break down what you're doing right now. I know you drive trucks, but basically you sitting in a line waiting to make a delivery, and you got like eight people in front of you. Like, and this ain't no ordinary. Just okay. One dude go and drop. Another dude go and drop. Like. There's some serious stuff, man. What, what What's going on? Yeah, I, um, basically I work in the oil field, um, bringing in sandboxes to uh, fracking operations. So, I mean, you can be on location sometimes for five minutes, 10 minutes, and sometimes it could be 24 hours. Sometimes it could be two days, just depending on how the fracking operations is going, man, and like right now, for an example, I'm just sitting in my my 18 wheeler, just waiting to deliver, and I got all these trucks in front of me, and I'm pretty sure that they and they trucks like, man, you know, I, I sure would like to be out this location too, but you know, it come with the territory, man. You know, you do it to provide for your family, so it is what it is. That that that's true. Like you say, you got to do what you got to do to take care of the fam and everything. But to me. What is really cool about it, you know, we were talking earlier, it's like you own your own truck, so you're in the process of freeing yourself up to make your own schedule, which at the end of the day means one thing. You can hunt when you damn well please. Yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it, just being completely honest, that's why I started trucking in the first place. Like, I just had the vision of, you know, being out there, going across the country, hunting multiple states, going from, you know, location to location out of my truck and still have the opportunity to make money and still do what I love most, you know. And going across the country, I I started in um, OTR, which is over the world driving. And, man, I, I, I seen so much when I first got my license, and that was in 2015. And man, when I went out there, it was just an eye opener. And I, I'm from Mississippi, man, small town in Mississippi. And I, I got I, I got exposed to a lot of things when I was younger with my mom traveling here and there. But just to see it as a grown man, it gives you a whole nother feel. You know what I'm saying? Right. And being in 
hunting like that and having a chance to see these big bucks in Ohio and Iowa just on the side of the road. And I'm like, man, you know what? This is what I want to do. I, I want to be able to go to these places, still make money at the same time and, and have the opportunity to hunt these deer of a lifetime. So here I am, you know, in the process of making it all happen. But there's steps to it. And you don't just step out there and go to making the money. And that's what a lot of people have in their mind when they think of trucking, you know. It's a lot of sacrifices that come in the beginning that you got to make to get to that point. So I'm just in the, you know, in the guts of getting it out of the mud, as they say. <laughs> now, even like you say, you just starting out, but in your travels and stuff, have you have you been able to like squeeze in a hunt here and there or whatever while you on the road yet? Yeah, yeah. I actually hunt uh, a property in uh, Georgia. Okay. And it's outside of Atlanta, and um, it's in Palmetto, Georgia. Okay. And so yep. I, I go down there every year on the annual hunt around my birthday and the, uh, around the opener. And matter of fact, their season starts on September 12th. My yep. birthday is on the 11th, so I'm already – I done made my plans out, and it's on and popping. I'm, I'm just waiting on the season to open up to get that way, you know, and, and go hunt. But as far as, like, any of the other states – I hadn't hunted yet, but I've actually scouted. Like, I've scouted some properties in Ohio. I scouted a property in Indiana and one in um, in uh, Illinois because the place, one of the places that I, well, I'll say most of the places that I deliver to, I always get on my phone and I'll use Unex or something like that. And then I'll start looking for a public land and I'll find out how close it is. And then I'll see if some of it is walking distance or maybe bike distance or, you know, do they have any places where I can actually rent a car? Right. Just go like that. You know, you got to have a strategy when you're doing it. Can't just be willy-nilly and just think you're just going to, you know, <laughs> walk out there and get to hunt. It ain't going to work that way. Right. You Plus, gotta, you got to buy all the, you know, tags. All your tags. Yeah. Got to do all your homework and stuff. I mean, you already – in the right direction, especially if you're using uh, Onyx, because that's what I use, and Onyx is a sponsor of the podcast. So that right there, nice little quick little drop for the folks over at Onyx. Uh, Shout out to them. So you already on uh, on the right path. But it's funny because I was sitting here and I'm listening to you talking about, you know, coming to Georgia uh, for the opener and whatnot, like you say, September 12th, it's circled on my calendar as well. I can't wait for opening day of deer season in Georgia. And unfortunately, the way things are going, you know, with this COVID hell that we are in, I may actually get to hunt opening day for the first time since I started hunting because usually I'm on the road on opening day so i'll usually go like that sunday or whatever but like the actual opening day is circled on my calendar but i asked um about your you know being able to hunt while you're on the road because i remember when i was traveling with the bucks the nba team and i was working with them i we went to florida and i wanted to go on a pig hunt while I was down in Florida. Like we, you know, we did our game and I think we had like a couple of days off. The team went back to Milwaukee. I had some time coming up. So I wanted to stay in Florida and hunt. But the only way I could get my bow uh, down to Florida was to have it with the equipment. So I talked to the security guy. He was really cool about it. Yeah. So I, I never forget, we pull up to the hotel <laughs> And the equipment guys are unloading the equipment, and they're like, uh, what is this? What is this a bow? And I was like, yep, that's mine. And I yeah. went and grabbed it. Long story short, I killed a pig in Florida, and I promised the security guy, I said, hey, if you let me get the bow, you let me bring my bow. Because, you know, guys always bring their golf clubs and stuff like that. So I'm right. like, if you let me bring the bow, and I kill, and I kill a hog, I got you on the pork chops when uh when when I come back for the processor. Sure enough, I killed a nice hog. Matter of fact, I killed two nice hogs down there in Florida. 
and I slid him to the uh, the pork chop. So it all worked out, man. It, I'm telling you, the traveling and hunting thing is definitely the way to go, brother. Right, absolutely. And then, I mean, you did it on the barter system. You know what I'm saying? You looked out. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that takes you a long way, man, for real. He did. He it looked out for me. a long, long way. <laughs> yeah, and that's 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 pretty how uh, pretty much how, you know, I, I, I hunt in uh, Georgia. The property that I hunt down there is um, a property of uh, a friend of mine, and their family, it's been in their family for, for forever. And... Um, they're, they actually ended up selling the land, but their neighbor, I, I know him pretty well as well. And man, me and him just got to talking and he said the same thing. I just told him, you know, I, I was hunting their property at first, but after they sold it, naturally, I didn't have anywhere to uh, hunt in there. And so I went to talking to him and he was like, I tell you what, man, you bring me some deer sizes, you know. You come on mine anytime you want. I was like, boom, there you go. So, <laughs> That's all. You know, every time I go down there, I bring Billy some meat and it's on and popping, you know. <laughs> That's what's up. I I'm feeling the pain a little bit. I posted um the other day. I think I just uh I gotta look in the bottom of my freezer. I'm pretty sure though that I did the last pack of uh deer chops, a backstrap that um from the deer from last year i'm pretty sure i've hit rock bottom on that and that's another reason why i'm jacked up pumped ready to go for september 12th opening day of deer season here in georgia because it's like all right my deer is gone now now i need i need more feed me more right now yeah so. yeah <laughs> and can't never get enough of it you know man so before we get into whitetail thrive and doing your hunt, because like in the conversation that we had before, there's a couple of points that I want to hit that I was I found really interesting. But before we get into that, is this something that you grew up doing? Like, did you grow up in Mississippi around all this, or is this, or is this something that came to you came to later in life? Okay. The way it is, is like my family, hunting is like deep in my family. My fa- my father passed away a month before I was born, but mm. he was like a big time hunter in my town. You know, everybody knew him. He was a pastor as well. And so everybody knew him for hunting and he was all in hunting clubs. And it, we, I come from a, a, a dog family, dog hunting. Okay. So. They, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been around it all of my life. All my uncles, rabbit hunt, deer hunt, you coon hunt, you name it, they do it. And my brother took to it first. Uh, I, I got five siblings. And the one next to me, I'm the youngest, he took to it first. And he was the one that, that was just like gun-ho. And then my other brother got with him, and he did it. And they did it, and I would do it here and there. But I, me and my best friend, we were more into just kind of killing birds here and there, kill a squirrel or two or something like that. But it wasn't my thing at all. Like, I, I just, I couldn't get in my mind sitting in the woods being quiet for all of that time <laughs> because I was a real hyperactive kid. Okay. So sitting still was not going to work for me at all. And I just wasn't for the cold. And as I got older, when I got into high school, my brother, he tried it introduced me into it more and at that time it was about the ladies you know football right. and the ladies so yep. i was still For like sure. man I, hey i'm like I, I could care less man i ain't trying to <laughs> like that you know so i got into college same thing really didn't have the time to do it and uh when i I'm, i came out of college and i i went to i went to college in um arkansas at Central University of Central Arkansas, where I played ball. And after college was over, I went to, yeah, yeah, man. And I moved to Atlanta. And when I got to Atlanta, my brother was like, hey, man, you know, you you grown man now. Come on, come on out here and and see what's up. So I started hunting and I killed my first deer. And when I killed my first deer, it was like the greatest moment of my life. Like I just, I was like, okay, I crossed over as a man. Like when I, when I did that, and I was gun hunting, in. 
And so I had never picked up a bow at that time. And I'll say probably I, I gun hunted at that point for like three years. Okay. And the only reason I got into a uh into the into the bow, my girlfriend at the time, like I was so obsessed with just watching it on TV, you know what I'm saying? Watching it on Sports the Channel mm-hmm. all the time. And she was like, you know, if you think you so good, won't you go out there with a with, with a bow and, and do that? And I was like, you know what? I'll take you up on that. <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a challenge thing. So I did that, and man, I missed like sixteen deer that year. <laughs> I didn't get. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't hit the broadside side of a barn, man. And I just it, it just kind of went from there. What what really ended up driving me into what I turned into as far as hunting goes is I was hunting this particular buck. Because back then, I didn't know about cameras and stuff like that. So I got into the cameras, and I ended up getting this big buck on camera. I mean, a must mm. in the same hole that I hunt over there. And it rained one day real bad. And it was like 1 o'clock in the evening. And she was like, you always talking about how they say, you know, after the rain, you should go hunt. This will probably be the time he come out. And I was like, you know what? You're probably right. Let me go down. Man, she was in tune. Huh? Did she hunt? Or she just. No, no, just just would watch. I made her watch it with me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it was. She was just talking about what they were talking about on TV. Okay. And okay. Man, I went down there and sitting in the stand. And lo and behold, that big joker came out. And when he came out. He came out 10 yards, and oh. I had the perfect shot, and I blew it. That's the, ain't no other way to say it. I shot over his back. He went into a thicket, and he, he didn't even know where the shot came from. Right. He was just looking around, and I had to literally watch him for almost an hour just in that thicket, just looking around, and I was like, that was the most sick feeling I, I've ever felt in the woods, like, I, I mean, I, I was I was ready to cry. I just couldn't. I was so mad the tears wouldn't come down, and I just had to sit there and watch him. And ever since then, I've been hooked. And I dream about that deer to this day. Can't get him out of my system. So yeah, Man, that that's kind of that is bananas. You know, so you you basically picked up a bow because your girlfriend challenged you. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> That's what it is. I'm a competitor, man. Like, well, I mean, I if like you play football at, at, at Central Arkansas, I mean, the competition is in your blood already. Yeah, yeah, man, exactly, and that, and that's what it is. It's like after football was over, I really didn't have anything. Like, I'm I'm into working out. I work out a lot and stuff okay. like that, and that that was that's still my thing, and it always has been. But it wasn't enough because it. It was like, you know, I do that automatic. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, that's just second nature to me. So it, it's it's not like I have to put so much into working out. But when it came to bow hunting compared to gun hunting, it's two different completely styles of hunting, if you ask me, in my personal opinion. Oh, it's I totally. Feel like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? With a gun, I can sit in the stand 100 yards away and make a shot in the food plot, and I'm good. Right. But with that bow, I got to get you to get a, a, a real ethical kill. To me, that's 30-35. You know what I'm saying? Or better. Yeah. And yep. that, man, getting them that close and understanding how to play the win oh, and all of that, man, man it, it makes you a totally different animal in the woods. And and I, I, I'm the type of person, when I get into something, I get obsessed with it. And that's what happened. Like I wanted to be <laughs> the best. Like yeah. just I'm I'm going hard every day. And I would go in there and I would make mistakes. And I had nobody to um to teach me how to mm. do it. Yep. So yep. I learned everything on my own from YouTube, honestly. Yep. That was that was I learned how to build bows from there. Um all the different types of arrows, the different brands and so forth, man. And I just dove deep until I learned, you know, how to make them myself. And that's what I ended up finding out when I missed all these deer. My bow wasn't set up right. And I'm not making excuses, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, 
if if you really into bow hunting, you really understand if your bow is not tuned and 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 the, the, everything is in sync, then you wasting your time for the most part going in here. Pretty much, you gonna pretty much even if you hit him. It could be a shot that you know what I'm saying. It ain't, it ain't gonna be necessarily accurate, or it ain't gonna it ain't gonna be yeah. right. And that that's the thing. It's funny you mention that because I absolutely love bow hunting. Since I got into it, I mean, it was one of those things where it started out as a Father's Day gift to myself. I went to a a, a shop and took like a class like a 30-minute class, just like an introductory to bow hunting, just to see, or an introductory, introduction to archery, just to see if it was something that I could do. And I shot a traditional bow, and it worked out. And I was yeah. just like, oh, pff, I got this. And I remember, and I've told people that listen to my podcast, they probably get tired of me telling the story, but I remember going to that class and the instructor saying, Nobody wants to take the time to learn archery. Everybody just mm-hmm. wants to get a compound bow and go in the woods and just right, 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 like the whole time. And I shot mm-hmm. that traditional bow and I left there thinking, yep, I'm going to be the guy that's going to get the compound because I don't have time <laughs> for the traditional archery. I want to get a compound bow and learn and get prophetic you know get prophetic at it and and then go out and hunt but that is the love hate with it because bows are so daggum finicky like you say you got yes. it's got to be tuned you knock that rest up against something in the woods you knock it up against something mm-hmm. going out the door or whatever the cases the least little thing like i buy accessories yes peep twisting all of that i buy Mm -hmm. accessories for my bow based off of one thing do i have to recite it if the answer Mm. is yes it will stay on the shelf if the answer is (laughs) no then i might mess with it because i have my bow i got two bows i got them both cited the way that i want as much as I like new gadgets and I love to dibble and dabble, I will not mess with those bows because they shoot. They shoot like I want them, and I'm not messing with it. <laughs> yeah, that's how my brother is. He the same way. Like, I, I set him up on my first bow after, you know what I'm saying, I really got into it, and I ended up buying another one. I bought a, um, uh, uh, what was it? Um, I can't even remember the name of it. It was a Matthews. Not the helium. It was the one that came out. Uh, uh, Z7. The Z7. Yeah. yeah, I hear so many people talk about those bows. Man, look, that's a dynamite bow. It's a smooth drawing bow. It's just a real comfortable bow. And I, I gave it to him, and I let him use it. And he's like you. Like, he'll have me set it up with him, get it sighted in. Once it's sighted in, he's not touching it until... He go to the stand <laughs> all opening day. He's not shooting no more. He's not oh, touching nah. it. I love to shoot. Now I, I shoot my bow, if not every day, if, out of the seven days in the week, I try to shoot every day at least five, oh, depending on what. Because I just I enjoy shooting. And, yeah, me too. And it's not, you know, like you say, again, for bow hunting, the the cool thing about it is the animals being close, being on top of the animals. So, like, shooting 60, 70, 80 yards doesn't really – that doesn't do anything for me. I would rather stand at 20 and 30 and be surgical at 20 yep. and 30 because I know – that's the range that I'm going to take a deer at or I'm going to try, you know, to get a shot off on the deer or a hog or whatever. I'm not going to go 40, 50, 60 yards, like you said, because that, to me, that that defeats the purpose. Now, I understand there's differences when you're out west and western-style hunting, but for the hunting that right. I do right here down south in these pine woods and these hardwoods and stuff, 
I want that joker 15, 20 yards. I want to be right on top of him that I can see the corn crunching out of his mouth or see the, the, the breath, you know, on a cold morning right before I draw back and try to put one behind his shoulder. So when I practice and I shoot, I shoot like 20 and 30 because I tell people I, I, I might not be a target shooter. I might not be a, a, a 3D shooter. You might whoop me in a 3D contest or a target contest. But like yeah. my man, like like uh, Denzel said in training day, I'm surgical with that thing. Yeah, when it comes yeah. To, you know. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm, I'm like that too, but I, I do shoot uh, long distance. Like when I'm at home and I'm at my hunting camp, man, mm-hmm. I shoot out to 100 yards and stuff like that. Like I enjoy it when I'm shooting target, though. I really do. Mm-hmm. I lose well. I used to lose a lot of arrows, but not as many <laughs> now. But I mean, man, I, I I like to go as far as I can. But when it comes to hunting, I, I definitely don't do it. And so the reason, one reason I like to shoot that far is when I do come up to that 30 and. 40 and 20 yard shot it's a chip shot chip you shot. know what i'm saying yep. mm-hmm. yep. you, that yep. sight picture just gets so much bigger and it's like oh man i can do this all day you know what i'm saying yep so i i, I practice i practice all those distances and one thing i, I do like i shoot a a single pin now mm. uh hha uh king king pin yep and come on with it the, yeah the way i set my 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 um my sight up is I never move it from 30 yards. So I keep it at that 30 yard range and I practice with it all the way from 20 all the way out to 40. Mm. That way I'll know my levels yep. as far as the shot because in, in, in a hunting scenario, and this happened to me multiple times where I had the deer ranged and for whatever reason, he might've spooked a little bit, ran a little closer or a little further. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And a lot of times I don't have time to let down on the draw and try to range this animal again. Yep. Cause now we're dealing with all the movement I'm making in the stand. Right. And I learned all that stuff the hard way. So that's what got <laughs> me into, you know, I'm going to set this thing at 30 yards and 20 to 40. I know where I need to set this pin at, you know? And so I, I that's how I practice all the time until I start getting out to those further distances. But, I've, the the furthest I've ever shot at a deer is probably right at forty yards, and to me that looked like seventy. And I sure <laughs> I, I can I imagine, especially in the clutter when you add the clutter of the woods and stuff. I can imagine it seemed like he was in, in another county. Yeah, yeah, and see that first year when I uh, the bow that I bought, I bought it off a guy off of uh, Facebook. Okay. And it was an old Matthews icon. So we talking like this bow is like almost 40 axle axle. You know what I'm saying? It's oh my a God. Uh, yeah, long bow. And I had a multi-site. And that's one reason why I missed so many of those deer, because I was I would be so excited that I wouldn't <laughs> even put the pin on them. It was just you inside, I'm letting it fly. Yeah. And that's when I discovered the single pin. I was like, oh, yeah, this this the ticket right here. Yeah. You know? I, I think I shot I shot multiple pin maybe for about two, yeah, maybe about three months. I killed, I killed a hog because that was the first thing I'd ever killed. I killed a hog with a bear cruiser. Um, yeah. And then... I moved to Milwaukee, and I went in the bow shop, and I had a guy just to kind of look it over, and he was like, have you ever tried a single pin site? And I was like, no. And he put me on an HHA single pin, and that is I have that on every bow that I've owned since then. Like, I, <laughs> like I, the, yeah. uh, the multiple pin, it's like once you go to that single pin site, you don't want to go back, at least from, no. Is, no. It, you know, because – like you say, the sight yeah. picture is so clear. And then when they came out, like I, like you said, with the king, and you get an even bigger sight and even bigger sight picture, I'm just like, yep, I signed me up for it. That's exactly yeah, it's a game change. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly what I need. Now, here's the thing that I'm always intrigued by, because I've talked to guys and – you know, various guys like hunting at different heights. Most of the guys that I've talked to, though, 
they hunt at heights that I call high fiving God because they're up there 20, 25, 30. One guy told me he was up there 40, like in a climber. What What's your ideal hunting height? I'm a heaven hunter. <laughs> I'm a heaven hunter. <laughs> I, I mean, I would say just depending on the situation, though, mm-hmm. sometimes I don't have to go that high, and it, it, it depends on the type of uh, um, woody area that I'm hunting, too. If I'm hunting places with a lot of straight trees, no branches, stuff like that, oh, I'm going to heaven. I'm headed all the way up. I ain't, I'm not even finna play. I'm getting as high as I can go. But if I'm hunting in a in woody area where I can get a good breakup and a good, you know, position where I won't be silhouetted too bad, mm-hmm. I'll do, typically I'll do about 25 feet, sometimes 30. And I got, I got a few lock-on stands that I'll go that high. And the only reason... Oh man, I, I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast because I know my brother and I'm gonna watch this. I mean, hear this, but <laughs> I do it to keep them out of the stands because I know they don't like it. Because you know they won't climb it. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, they they don't want to go up there. So you know, I put them up there. <laughs> man, a heaven hunter. I that that's annoying. I I definitely. I like that better than high five and God. I'm gonna use that on a heaven hunter, man. I don't see how y'all do it in a climb. Like <laughs> I killed a deer last year in the climber, and I got, I got the picture on a trail cam. And when you, at least for me, I know when I was in the climber, I feel like, you know, I was twenty feet off the ground or whatever. Like it would seem high, and yeah. then I yeah. would then. In, I would look at like when I killed that deer last year and I could see myself drawing it's the perfect uh pictures like me drawing back and the deer right in front of the camera with it with her head down eating and I look at the ground and I look at the height and I was maybe maybe 12 feet off the ground <laughs> but I felt like I was up there and I look at that picture and I laugh at it because like I said maybe I was 12 feet off the ground like I don't I don't see how y'all can go 30 and 40 like may I might can do 18 20 a legit 18 20. Like not the not the eighteen twenty not the not the twelve feet that feel like eighteen twenty feet. Yeah. But like the I, I don't know, man. It, I don't know how y'all do it. It's like I I when I first started hunting out of uh climbers and lock ons, I was like that too. I was like when I hit twenty, I was like, okay, no reason for me to go any higher. Like <laughs> This is, I'm up here. And what really broke me down from just the 20 feet was getting busted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was, it was the wind thing. And, and I was, I was getting busted and I started watching, you know, a bunch of more videos about guys talking about getting higher. So I started trying it out and, you know, I, I wear my safety harness and all of that stuff. Definitely. And I'm not going to lie. When I first started, I didn't. And, that's what that was another thing that was always in the back of my mind. Like, dude, you can fall. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if you fall back here, ain't nobody gonna know where you at. Right. You might die, you know, so forth. And when I finally got into wearing harnesses and stuff like that, that's when my confidence started to rise of, you know, hitting those heights of 20 plus, 25, 30. You know what I'm saying? And then I start actually seeing the difference in it in my hunts and, and and not getting busted as 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 much but then you you start to learn about you know thermals and stuff like that and understanding how your thermals are rising at certain times and falling at certain times so you can go up there how you want to but if the thermals are, are not rising you still gonna get busted now, you when know you, what I'm saying when you say when you say thermals break that down for 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 the for the folks when you say thermals well when when you're dealing with uh thermal thermals that's basically um it's it's, it's when your scent is actually being carried up mm. so mm-hmm. most of the time in the evening time your thermals are, are gonna be dropping but in the morning times 
your thermals are still dropping until that sun starts to kind of crest a little bit. So a lot of your your scent will actually rise out. And if you use uh, any kind of powders or even if it's cold outside and you watch your breath, you can actually just watch it rise up during those times. And I, I just kind of learned that, you know what I'm saying, using YouTube and trial and error and just watching those things happen. If I had milkweed or something like that. So thermals are a real key thing to play. And like if you're hunting um, any any places like on a creek bed or something like that, mm-hmm. that's another good place to hunt them when they're when they're dropping. Because when they're dropping on that creek bed, they're going to dive dead down into that creek bed and run down that stream instead of kind of just settling on the ground. So mm-hmm. I, I try to I try to be real methodical when I'm. You know what I'm saying? When I'm picking my hunting spots, because, it, man, that's the difference in, in seeing those big deer and not seeing them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's so many times when you go in the woods, you do everything right or so you think. And it, especially hunting in places in the South like we do. Yeah. You got thickets and pine thickets all around you. You know what I'm saying? So situations like that, he'll he'll circle the, the the entire spot that you in and you would never even know he was there and it's all because of your scent you know what i'm saying right he probably coming there all the time but if you're sent you're not right with your scent and, and and i'm big on that i'm big on playing the wind making sure that i take care of my clothing and stuff like that you can do as much as you you can but every you're not gonna get it all so you, you yeah. got to do the, the small things, you know? And it, and it's funny because, like, I've seen these videos that basically saying that the scent products are is a bunch of crap. And I've seen these videos, and I was just like, okay, like, I get it. Like, I've, I saw one where it was just like they tried, like, all these different products, and basically the bloodhounds found like you know wherever the person was with the product or whatever yeah. they you know spray them down and then they put them you know 200 yards in the wood or whatever and the blood out just go like right to them <laughs> like a right. beeline like no no confusion or nothing and then obviously yeah. you know they say like you know a deer nose is you know five times ten times whatever it is better than a bloodhound so it's like, okay, like you say, you, you do all you can, but is it just basically, like you say, the wind and luck? Like, is there a science to it? Like, I don't know. I haven't been doing this long enough. I'm like you. You know, I try to do things and be meticulous about it, and there are days where I go in, and I watch deer, all you know, have great hunts, watch deer, can draw back if I wanted to, and then there are times that I can't get a doe within 30 yards because she's stomping and blowing and all kind of shit. And it's just like, you don't even see me. How do you know I'm here? <laughs> and it's because and of you, that, your scent. Yeah. And, and, and see, a lot of times, man, you'll be sitting in the stand and you'll have the wind in your face like you're supposed to be downwind in your trails. And everything, but one thing you do have to account for, especially in hill country, is you may have it right right here, but you don't know what that wind is doing 30 to 40 yards behind you. Because it could be rising and catching and then throwing right back in front of you, but on ahead of you. You know what I'm saying? And then, like you said, that deer coming in all casual, and next thing you know, boom, they just stop. Like, what the, what happened? You know what I'm saying? But that's and, that's your scent. Or and, it could be brown scent. And don't even get started on swirling winds because, I mean, I've and I have this happen a lot. You know, I'll get in a spot and I'm like, okay, it's good. And then 15 minutes later, the wind's blowing at my neck. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm screwed. And then 20 yeah. minutes later, it's smacking me in the face. <laughs> it's like, golly. Right. See situ- situations like that. Honestly, I get down. You know, I'm not. I, I'm the type of person I would rather put five good hunts in in a, in a stand than to put thirty in. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if if the if the wind is not right, I'm not going to even play with my stand. Yeah. It's not worth burning it out because right. I want to have it during the rut and 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 late season and stuff like that. And early bowl season, man, is no way around it. You're gonna be hot. You're gonna end up stinking. Yep. You can't help but sweating. You know what I'm saying? So your best bet is to just play the win. And to me, that's the Super Bowl. Those first two weeks of 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 bowl season is the best time to kill a mature buck or or any deer for that matter, because it's not as much human, you know, um, encroachment as far as coming in the woods and stuff like that. A lot of these places are still real thick. So you don't have a lot of pressure on these deer. So they're easy to pattern at that time because they hot just like you. So he's just trying to go from his bed to water to food. Right. That's it. It's easy to get on them. But after that time, and once, you know, they start smelling that ground scent and constantly smelling people here and there all around, because, you know, everybody hunting around you for the most part. Right. So they smelling people in the woods. It's like your, your cameras tell you that all the time. You have daytime action on them. And before you know it, now they nocturnal. Why? Because you got people coming in here and they smelling it. Yep, and they already the know it's that time of the year. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's yeah, the so. that's the uh, that's another thing that always intrigues me about animals. It's like they have it. I know it, it, it's you know nature or whatever, but I swear it's like they just sit around and have like a rolodex of dates. And I and like yeah. I, I honestly believe like you know like the turkeys they talk to the deer and they're like, oh okay, oh it's y'all time. Shit, we straight right here. It ain't, it ain't yeah. our time right now. So I, you know, I get turkey pictures and you know flocks of turkeys in October, but come April, I can't pay anybody to get a turkey. And in October, I can't find my big bucks. But come January seventeenth, after deer season closes uh, in the area where I hunt at is thirty first. If you're lucky enough to hunt in Metro Atlanta, but you know, yeah, after it closes. Or whatever, I still got bucks, you know, with full blown horns and stuff, and they all out at two thirty in the afternoon, just hanging out, chilling. It's like pressure's mm-hmm. off, boys. Our season's yeah. over. We survived. <laughs> yeah, man. They, and 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 to me, I, I equate it all to scent. It's just they not smelling that many more that many people in the woods at that time because everybody once. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People can't hunt no more. They ain't going in the woods no more. Right. So they're not smelling, you know, neighboring properties because everybody that hunts around you, they're not hunting for you, you know? Right. So right. they setting up for themselves. So that wind that they blowing and it's blowing in their face, it's messing you up. And then when you hunting, it's vice versa, you know? Yeah. Your sin is messing them up. But now people ain't in the woods no more. I don't smell nobody from no, no area. Let me get up and I can, I can be myself again. Yeah, it's like I can get up and stretch my legs. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, totally different ball game. So this year, well, you've already done it some, and it is actually is remarkable because you got a few videos out there now on YouTube, Whitetail Thrive. Make sure y'all check that out on YouTube. But, yeah. you know, we were talking about self-filming. And everything that goes into self filming, and you, like I said, you got, you know, some videos on YouTube. You did those with your phone. Yeah, yeah, I did. I'm every one of them. That's that. That's bananas to me because when you get into self filming, depending on who you watching and what videos you watching, you know, you think you got to go out here and you know get like the equipment or if you're the kind of person that want the best of the best or whatever and you spend this money to get equipment and stuff but man you just you took your phone and was like all right i'm gonna make these videos i'm gonna get this content i mean you got multiple angles you know you got your what it looked like um your selfie stick you know to get like a good angle of yourself you know you're doing pre pre pre-interviews what i guess my my point is a it's impressive you know, what you've already started 
with just doing it on your phone. But my question, what made you say, all right, I want to self-film, I want to start recording these hunts? Like, is it, you know, to to build a brand and put a brand out there? Is it something that you just enjoy doing? Like, what, what led you down that road? Because killing the deer is hard enough. It's hard enough yeah. to kill a deer. Now you're Absolutely. talking about killing deer on camera and with you being the competitor that you are killing the deer on camera and making it look good yeah yeah well it's it it, it kind of started like early on with really just wanting to to more more or less just kind of studying deer just watching them the behavior of them because i i i, I when i first started bow hunting I really wasn't used to just seeing deer on the hoof like that all the time and just walking around and watching them in their natural habitat to see what they, they were doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, most, most people for the most part from where I'm from, you know, if it's Brown, it's down. They, <laughs> first, right. first deer come out, you know, they popping them. And I was about the same way. Cause I really didn't, I really didn't know any different because I didn't have to be any different. And when I got into bow hunting, that kind of changed the game, you know? So I started observing deer. So it just, it just kind of got to the point where it was like, Ooh, look at that deer. And I would pull my phone out. I would start filming it. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then I started watching it on TV and I'll see these guys talking about self filming and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I wonder if I can get one on, get one of my kills on film. And, it just grew from there. So I, I bought a little attachment, uh, that went on my bow first. And when I got that, I think it was, uh, was it 2016, I believe, or 2017, uh, bow season opener in Mississippi. And that was the first one that I killed on film. And I had it on there and it was like, it was like super shaky and I'm, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I I want what I see, you know, on TV. Like I don't, I don't want this to look mediocre in no kind of way. Like I want it nice. So I'm going to do research. I'm going to find products. It's going to give me what I'm looking for and that quality. And I didn't want to dive too deep as far as like my camera gear and stuff like that, because I didn't know, that I would end up loving it like I do now. So it was just, you know, just a, a little hobby. And man, when I got my first kill on there, I was happy. I was happy, but at the same time, I was like, oh, this is, it don't look that hot though. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, it was like, okay, I got to start buying, you know, better products and having it where it's not on my boat. Mm-hmm. And my phone, like I said, is it's is my primary camera. It's my only camera. So I had to figure out a way to make it stationary. So I um I purchased uh, a fourth arrow camera arm and I found some phone attachments that I found on YouTube. I bought them off eBay and I just kind of I'm 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 a MacGyver type of guy. So I I'll, I'll, I'll make stuff. Just you know? put it together I'm, till it works. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I did. And I was I was sitting at my hunting camp and I would just film in, in in the yard, you know, just trying to make sure everything was right. And once I started getting that, I started getting footage. And so then I had all of this footage that I was getting. I was getting kills and filming deer and all of that. And then it came down to, OK, well, how do I make a, a, a story? And that was the part that that really kind of challenged me because. Anybody can go out and film themselves hunting. You know what I'm saying? Anybody can do that. But to actually tell the story of what's going on from the beginning to the end, that's when the skill level is starting to be developed because now you're getting into editing. And that was something that I had no clue about, like (laughs) none whatsoever. So, I went to Old Faithful, YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> and I started learning how to edit, finding these different programs. I use, uh, now I use something called LumaFusion. Okay. And when I started using LumaFusion and learning how to edit on there, it just kind of took on a life of its own. And I mean, 
I'm still learning, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, to me, I don't feel like I'm nowhere near where I want to be because there's so much that I still have to learn. Mm-hmm. And this year I decided like I've, I've, I've developed the passion that I was looking for within it. And now I have it. So now it's like, okay, I'm ready to upgrade to a, a real camcorder a DSLR mirrorless camera or something like that to step my game up. Because for me, it's all about quality. And right. especially in our community, you don't see a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I, to me, I feel like I wanted to be one of the ones that's that's a pathblazer. And I want the youth to get involved in this as well. And learning not only to get into hunting, but actually learn a skill in the process that could potentially, you know, pay you every day and, and could be something that you can do for the rest of your life. And that's what, you know, you potentially choose to do. Right. And so I just, it just kind of went from there, man. And I don't know. Um, I started a clothing line. It's called natural born outdoorsman. And I really didn't make it for other people. I made it for myself <laughs> because I, <laughs> I just, you know, it, it was just something that I wanted for me. Yeah. And it, so I, I, there's nothing I wrong started, with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started making hats and stuff like that. So, I've been on the fence about launching it, but now it's it's turning into a monster of its own. And I've just kind of been, you know, dabbling with it, just right. getting things set up. And when you're doing stuff on your own, man, it takes a lot, you yep. know, and it takes a lot of time. Yep. And running a, a, a trucking business and trying to do that and self-filming, yep. it's like you can you can only stretch yourself so far. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So <laughs> you you were preaching to the choir from yeah. beginning to end, from tip to tail. I mean, you know, I I've told people and they look at me like I'm crazy when I say it. It's like, you know, you know, people always like, Well, what made you start Bryantland and and you know, where did that come from? It's just like it's simple. I wanted something with my name on it. Like I got yeah. tired. Yeah. Like I got tired. Like I would see all these other, you know, all these other brands and stuff, and it's like I want something with my name on it. And you know, you can say that's vain or whatever the case is, but at the end of the day, like it wasn't no deep, like philosophical, you know, like epiphany or anything. It was just like I want something with my name on it. And then right. after that. Then I started attaching stuff to it. And it's like, okay, what can I do with this? You know, how can this be like an extension of me? And then like, what do I want to accomplish with it? Like you figure all that stuff out, you know, after the fact. But the right. the, the gist of it is I want something it's with my idea. name. Yeah, it's an idea. And then you, you, an, you build on it from there. Right. It's just, it's just an idea. And that's, that's how that came about. And, and even Whitetail Drive, like, I, I didn't start with a name. I, I started filming first. Right. And that's all it was. I wasn't like, oh, man, I want a TV show. I want to do this. I want to make money. It wasn't even all of that. It was just like, man, I like filming my hunts, you know. And then I started doing it. I was like, well, I got to come up with a name. So I started <laughs> thinking about all this different stuff. And the, the word Thrive came to mind, like, I want to be out here thriving. I don't, you know, right. so white, hence white tail thrive. And that's just how it was born. Natural born outdoors the same thing. It was just like, I, I wear all of these clothing from Mossy Oak and Sitka and right. everybody, you know what I'm right. saying? I'm like, I want something that I feel like represents me. Yep. Natural born outdoors. It was born. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how it came. You know, and then once you once you start wearing it and you get comfortable with it, then you come up with more ideas and and more concepts and stuff. And then you put it out out there in the world. And once you unleash it to the world, there's no telling what can happen. There's no telling, you know, how the people will respond to it. And, you know, they'll respond to it favorably and it'll blow you away. But until you actually you know, like I say, come out, come up with the concepts and stuff and put it out there, you know, you don't know until then. Yeah, yeah, man. And that's why I kind of been in limbo about it because it was like, 
I don't even know if I want to share it with the world because <laughs> it was just like I, it it started to mean so much to me and I kind of wanted to keep it that way. But then I started feeling selfish about it because, you know, people relate to brands right. and brands start to represent them. And it was like, why can't you be that inspiration for somebody else? You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, at the end of the day, I didn't learn bow hunting from somebody. I can't, I don't have that story to tell, you know, like, oh man, you know, my father's father and his right. father, you know, yep. I don't have that. I'm, I'm the originator of what I've become at this point. So it's, it's all starting with me and, and I, I feel like a, a, a pathblazer. And at some point when I have children, I want to be able to pass that to him. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and say, your father did this and your father did that. And if this is something that you choose to do, then, you know, I'm handing this off to you. If you choose not to, then that's totally up to you. Right. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's just a, a, a path that kind of really just took on a life of his own, man. And I'm just having fun with it, really. You know? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. That's what yeah, I'm talking nah. about. Man, yeah, like that... people ask me about it because I'll, I'll throw it out there on Facebook and people see my hats and stuff like that. And even with the YouTube channel, like I have I have so many other hunts in my phone and I hadn't even released them because a lot of them were hunts from early on, you know, before right. I actually got pretty decent with it. And I, I plan on, you know, just releasing them anyway but it was just an idea I, I i didn't i didn't even know that you could make money from youtube like that you know what i'm saying yeah i, I really didn't even have a clue about that then when i found <laughs> out i was like oh you can actually make a living from people making millions of dollars and stuff like that but it's still even in my mind to this day it's not like i'm trying to make money from this if it happens it happens i'm just trying to share my experiences with people who are like-minded like myself and love the outdoors. That's what Natural Born Outdoorsman is about. That's what Whitetail Thrive is about. And for people to have the opportunity to learn from my mistakes and my hunting adventures, you know? Because like I said, I learned all of this stuff from YouTube, watching people like myself that were self-taught or however they learned, you know? And it's just learning as I go and I, I'm not the best. I've been I've been bow hunting now uh five years. Mm -hmm. Five years. And just at the point that I've 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 come to now as a hunter, I'm very confident in my skills because even though I haven't killed a lot of bucks, I've seen a lot of them. And I've had them I've had them in killing range and in distances. But I didn't, I wasn't, you learned that in bow hunting, you can't always uh, close the door. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can't always make the kill. It'll be something like a damn tree in the way, a bush, <laughs> you know, and you just yep. got to watch this big deer sit there and it's like, oh my God, if I had a gun, this would be over. But I don't. I'm a bow hunter. Yep. And that's all I do. And even when the gun season is in and we can still bow hunt, I bow hunt. That's what I do. Now, when dog season come in, I dog hunt. I like doing that. <laughs> I love dog. <laughs> but see, that's, that, that's, that's the thing, though. Like, I, you know, I, I was talking to a guy the other day. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, the different types of hunting. I was just like, yeah, you know, I love bow hunting or whatever. And he was just like, you on rifle hunt? Like, he was surprised. Like, I, yeah, you know, he was like, I love you know bow season too, but shoot, when rifle season come, I pick up my rifle. I'm like, nah, boy, I'm I'm bow hunting from opening day to the last day of the season. Every time I go out, it's just me, me and me and old Bruiser Brody, my uh, yeah. my, my Matthews Halon Six. Uh, that's, yeah, that's what I got, man. I yeah. got a Halon Six. Yes. And I got a uh, carbon defined. I'm I'm not one of those guys that's uh, a brand whore. Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my you know? my first bow was a bear, a bear cruiser. Yeah. And then I bought that Halon, 
And, you know, what I found out is I bought that Halon and then the Triax came out. And I was like, okay, well, I want to shoot a Triax. But I could never... I could never get that bow to shoot like I wanted to. And then when the yeah. when the Traverse came out with the longer ATA, I was like, let me try that. And I like it. I like shooting it, but I don't know if I can hunt with it. When it comes down to hunting with it, with a bow and taking the bow out, like I said, my, my, my Halon 6 has been there every step of the way since I traded, you know, traded in that uh, – well, actually, I gave that Bear Cruiser to my son, and I bought that uh, to my son, and I bought that Halon, and that Halon has been there with me. It's just like no matter what other bows I shoot, I keep going back to that Halon because that's what it feel, that's what feels comfortable. That's what I'm most comfortable with. So I'll shoot that yeah. until I can't anymore. I done bought another set of strings for it. It's got the you know the the sight or whatever, but I'll shoot that yeah. thing until I can't anymore. See, I, most of my kills that I made has been on my heart, uh, carbon design, and I hadn't, I hadn't been able to put it down because it's just I, I have a, an emotional attachment to it because I took my biggest buck to date on it, and I took multiple pigs on it. It's just we, we, we got a, we got a love hate relationship. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a mobile hunter. That's, that's my thing. Like I, I'm, I'm mobile hunt. I, I'm I'm all over the place, and I like doing a lot of stalking. Mm, and okay. man, that that Halon was like a tank trying to you know <laughs> carry that sucker around. And by the time I was getting the points where I probably have a shot, my arm was shot. Yeah, I couldn't tired from you know? carrying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what made me get you know that carbon bow. And and when I bought that carbon bow, and like I said, mobile hunting like I do. It's, it's it's it was a game changer. So I've just kind of stuck to the carbon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yep. been following that path ever since. Man, shoot, and no matter once you get them set up right, and you you get proficient with them, they all kill deer. You just gotta kill. You just gotta get what you're most comfortable with in your hand. Yeah, well, it's a, you know, like I've heard so many times, it's an extension of you. Yeah, and. When people ask me all the time, like, man, what brand should I shoot in? You know, what bow should I get? I always tell them, try them all. Right. Try every brand. Don't don't just go with Matthews. Don't go with Hoyt. You got PSCs. You got Bowtech. You got Athens. You got Obsession. You got all these multiple companies that have, all, and they all have great bows. Yep. All of these bows shoot good now. You have to find what fits you. What what back wall you like? Right. You know what I'm saying. What drop draw cycle you like? You have to find out what arrow set setup you like. All of these things make a difference when you really get into it. Right. Now for the average guy who just want a bow, just go get a bow. You can get it from <laughs> Bass Pro right. and do the same thing that we doing with our flagship bows. You know exactly. Exactly. Get get in how however you can shoot. Man, Ryan, I enjoyed this. I could keep going and going, man. And yeah, the cra man, and the crazy cool. thing about it, you still sitting in line waiting to drop your delivery. Oh yeah, I hadn't moved. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't moved. Probably won't. That, Probably won't. That is crazy, man. Before I get up out of here and get you out of here, man, tell the people where they can find you, Instagram, Facebook, the YouTube, man. Let, let folks know where they can uh, where they can get familiar with your content. Yes, sir, man. Look, I'm on uh, Instagram at whitetail underscore thrive, and I also have a Facebook page. Look up uh, whitetail thrive, man. And I actually started an um, Instagram page for natural born outdoorsmen, and it's just – Natural Born Outdoorsman. So just, you know, put that in, man. You can find me on there. And I try my best to post as much content as I can when I can. And, you know, just support, man. Because like I said, at the end of the day, in our community, you don't have as many guys doing what me and Brian are doing. So, you know, we just trying to give back, you know, and, yep. and, and show people what, what what's out here. And there's so much you can learn from hunting as a, as a person. And I, I've gained so much in that aspect as well. So, you know, I'm all for it, man. And like I told you, 
I could do this all day. I could talk about hunting. <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> man, that's what's up, Ryan. I appreciate you coming through, man, doing the show. We'll definitely be in touch, man, because I want to follow you along and see how things come out this season with all the stuff that you got going on. So, man, I appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. No problem, man. Brightland. One more time, I want to thank Ryan Taylor from Whitetail Thrive for coming through, chopping it up with your boy AB3 here on the Bryant Land Show. We had a great time. I enjoyed talking to him. Man, that conversation could have kept going on and on forever. Hopefully, you enjoyed it as well. Before I get ready to get up on out of here, I just want to remind y'all that BryantLandCountry.com, BryantLandCountry.com is our website where we have everything Bryant Land. We got merch. We have videos. We have podcasts, our past podcasts. Everything that you need, Bryant Land, is on our website, BryantLandCountry.com. We also have a tab for our Patreon. You can click on the Patreon link, pick up some bonus content. We... Thank y'all for everything that you guys do as our listeners for supporting the Bryantland brand. Like I said, BryantlandCountry.com, the website. Make sure you check it out. Want to say a big thank you to Onyx Hunt for sponsoring the podcast. Make sure you guys get out there. Get your Onyx map app. Get your hands on that mapping technology. It will take your hunting game to the next level. Onyx maps, like I said, We enjoy using that product, and thank you for being a sponsor of the podcast. Also want to send a big shout-out to Traeger Grills. We are a part of the Traeger Nation as an ambassador for Traeger Grills. Make sure you go out, get your Traeger Grill, join the Traeger Nation, and get that Traeger smoke. Every week, we bring you a podcast, whether it's with a guest or with myself, and I always am thankful for you guys taking the time, making the listen, and joining us on the Bryantland Show. Continue to do so. Have a great week. And join us next week for another episode of the Bryantland Show.